Welcome to the Family OS Podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're obsessed with creating the family life we desire, and we call it the Family Operating System. Join us each week to learn how to improve communication, be in control of your future, and love life. Welcome to the Family OS Podcast. My name is Kate Wendell. I'm here with Amberly Lambertson. She has a bachelor's in science and family studies and is currently pursuing her master's of education with a family life education focus. Amberly is on a mission to inspire couples to make their marriage a priority every day. Such a, an important topic that we're gonna, we're gonna dive into today. Uh, she believes that quality time, traditions, and communication help to build a healthy relationship. And she wants to inspire other couples to put their marriage first and strive to continually better uh, build a better relationship with each other. So Amberly, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kate. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is really, you know, as I uh, shared with you and, and to our audience, like this is really where Tanner and I have such a passion. You know, marriage is so important. And what we've really come to learn and also recognize in our own marriage is that, you know, you've got to take care of yourself and then you take care of your marriage and your kids are going to be okay if you mm-hmm. Or those things are taken care of first. So, so just share with our audience a little bit of your, your journey and how you, you got here and what you sort of define as a prioritized marriage. Yeah. Um, so starting out, how I kind of got here, I, I've always had an interest in relationships. I've always, as a teenager, I called myself a hopeless romantic, like love songs, people's, I've always loved people's stories. Like, tell me about your proposal. Tell me how you met. Tell me, I just love that stuff. And so um, I decided to go to school to my associates after getting my cosmetology license. I was like, I'm just going to go do my generals. I want an associate's. And as I was pursuing my generals, I found this field of family studies that had classes that I was really interested in taking for um, all of my electives. And so I kind of started looking into it. And I actually started pursuing family studies because I wanted to go on and be a a music therapist. So like Mm. totally different than um, I loved music and I had a passion for this musical music therapy field. But when I started actually into the program um, on my first day in class, somebody said, I want to be a marriage educator. And I was like, a marriage educator, tell me more. I'm really interested. And so I started diving more into what relationship and marriage education was and realized like that was my passion. Like I've always loved people's stories and I've always loved coming up with creative date night ideas and coming up with fun ways to like, just, you know, flirt with your spouse. And um, so that's just kind of how that became my my pursuit, my passion. And I created a prioritized marriage because as I started getting into my field and as I was in my own marriage at that time, we were, I guess what you would consider newlyweds. We were less than five years into our marriage and we didn't have kids or anything. Um, I realized that you had to, so many couples get to that like wedding day. Okay. We're married. We're great. Or we're, we're married. We're great. And now we get to move forward and build a life together but they almost take it in more of a building a business together direction. Like their marriage becomes more like a business of running the household and raising kids. And sometimes they are business partners and whatever life brings their way, they, they treat it more like a business. Um, forgetting that their, their foundation of their family, the foundation of that 
business, the foundation of their relationship was built on that love and connection and fun and romance. And um, so making your marriage a priority every day is finding a way to get back to that pursuing each other and dating each other and that fun foundation of your relationship so that you can do all of that other stuff better. Um, You're going to be better partners all around if you have that solid relationship as friends and lovers and all that stuff. And that when you get to the point where you've built this life that you get to enjoy and you're retired and kids have moved out, that you're not stuck with someone you don't know or don't love anymore, or you haven't drifted in two different directions, that you have gotten to a point where it's like, okay, let's go. And you just get to go live this great life together. Um, And kind of how you were talking about the kids will be okay they're actually going to be better if you're making your marriage a priority. Yeah. They're going to see that the two of you are a team. Um, it's going to lead into your parenting and being a united front for your kids, even if you're not getting along, that you, you know, you have that figured out. And so um, it, a lot of people put their marriage on hold until the kids are grown and gone. But when you do that, you're doing them a disservice as much as you are you. So yeah. I think it's important for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something that Tanner and I have really noticed more recently than ever. And maybe just because we're, you know, we're in it more, um, in this topic is that we're seeing so many couples 25, 30 years into their marriage, their kids are out of the house and they're like, yeah, I don't know who I'm married to. And they're getting divorced. Right. So they're in, because they didn't take the time. It is, it is an active thing to do. It's, it's, it's not just that you're going to, Oh, you know, situations in life and you're working together and figuring it out and whatever. Like it's, it is an active thing that you have to make, um, a priority. Right. So, so how does someone begin? You know, we've got a lot of couples, parents listening where they either are, you know, in a good marriage they definitely are, are feeling a little out of sync. Maybe the kids are still a little kind of kind of crazy and, and they're just trying to figure out how to make it sort of all jive a little bit better. And then we've also got some couples and parents listening where like there's really a big disconnect. So what would you sort of, it's sort of two paths, right? Because you, you definitely have to start in a different place um, for, for wherever they are. But what would you say are sort of those like first steps for these couples listening to just start prioritizing their marriage yeah it can be really overwhelming like look at where you want to be and think like there's no way for us to get there right to look at where you used to be and think I don't know how to get back there so I tell people to start at the beginning um I heard a quote once and I need to go back and like write it down word for word and remember who said it um but it was a quote talking about how the key to to marriage is having many different relationships over the course of your life always with your spouse Mm. um and i i love that it was a recent quote that i heard and i thought about it a lot that how true that is that your marriage is not you were kind of talking before this all started about operating systems how you want something different from what your parents had sometimes or your grandparents but i think when you were saying that i was thinking that also applies to your marriage that like the way we were operating when we were newlyweds, I didn't want to continue because we were taking that time for granted. And every stage you go into, you're going to have to shift things. What you're doing is not going to work. And if you're expecting your date nights to go the same and your conversations to go the same and you have the same exact amount of time together, you're going to be disappointed and you're not going to be making your marriage a priority. And so it takes that constant effort. 
And so I just tell couples to go back to the beginning, go back to when you were pursuing each other. Um, I even tell couples, like, if it's been a long time since you've been on a date together or you feel like you're disconnected and you're like, well, I don't really know what to talk about unless we're talking about the business of life that we do together. Right. Um, I have a lot of great conversation starter resources on my website. One of my favorites is the Gottman Cardex app, and it just kind of gives you some basic questions to start with. But I tell them, like, invite your spouse out on a coffee date or invite them to go get, like, I don't know, a cheeseburger in the drive-thru and just sit in the parking lot and eat it together. You know what I mean? Something simple that you would do if you were going on a first date with someone and you were like, what if this doesn't go well? I don't want to be stuck with them for four hours. (laughs) Like you're wanting it to go well with your spouse. But if you put yourself in that place where you're like, well, we used to love going to dinner and then going to do this activity and then going to do this. And you put yourself in that place, you might find yourself in that awkward, like first date situation where you're like, you don't know what to say with each other anymore. (laughs) Like we're just stuck. It may be super fun, but you have to start at the beginning. So starting at the beginning with um, talking to each other, like tell me something good about your day or um tell me something that you're enjoying right now like what's your passion right now what's because it changes and thinking that you know that your spouse it's kind of like I always go back to this cliche question of what color is your toothbrush your spouse's (laughs) toothbrush is never going to be the same color I don't think unless they're really specific about that um and so knowing what color your spouse's toothbrush is when you get married like you it it's going to change multiple times. You know what I mean? Their favorite song, can be, my favorite song changes daily. <laughs> like, right. depends on my mood. It depends on what I like. I love, you know, their favorite movie might change. They might see something new that really like changes their life. And that movie that they loved when you first started dating, they still love, but they have another one that's a favorite that speaks to them. And so we all change through life and remembering that you've got to start at the beginning and just start pursuing your spouse, you know, reach out and take their hand ask them to go sit on the porch with you and um, have a bowl of ice cream for 10 minutes before you go your separate ways at the end of the night. Just starting to put those little pieces back in and building up to what you want your marriage to look like. Yeah, such great advice. And we've seen on our end that communication is, and although a broad topic, like the biggest struggle, right? It's their biggest issue, you know, finding ways. So this is a great way to just start to incorporate ways to communicate when you don't. And like, you know, you said it's on your website. So there's questions and these resources that you can access to to just help trigger something, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting that help or a little incentive to, or, you know, just get your creative juices flowing of like, oh, and something that Tanner and I've learned is to be mindful of your spouse, right? So they're, you know, what you know of them, what, what are their interests, you know, things like that, that show that you're paying attention to them. So the question is, you know, we say open-ended, right? It's not going to give you just a yes or no answer, but it's also geared towards them. Like, what's going on in their world because it helps to show that you're paying attention and that you care and that you're interested in them. Right. So, and and the more that becomes a practice, the more it'll start to reciprocate and you know, you'll, you'll, you'll start to deepen that connection. So um, yeah, really, really good advice. Um, you know, I, I, I come back to this um, statement I've said from, from most of my life of, you know, God, you know, God creating all of us and we, with a purpose, like we all have a purpose, 
right? So getting clear on like what you want in your marriage, like how does that help to, in your experience, create the actual reality, you know? So you've got this ideal, oh, I wish my marriage was like this, you know, how is it like being clear on what those things are creates that reality for someone who's listening? So I think, um, making sure that you're working on that together. Um, sometimes I'll have, I think that one spouse their mar- marriage priority can make a big difference. And I have people that are like, oh, my spouse really isn't on board with that. But my hope is that they see you start to do that and you telling them, hey, this is my goal and this is how I'm going to do it. So you might notice that I'm going to flirt with you a little bit more or that you're going to get um, texts from me that are just because that don't have to do with what's for dinner or um, something that the kid ruined at home or something like that and letting them know like I know that's not your cup of tea right now but I'm going to do it or getting on the same page with yourself and it can be going on a date um, I always tell people get somewhere that's like a neutral space where you're not going to be able to, you're not going to I wouldn't say be able to but let your emotions get the best of you right so maybe like a quieter restaurant where you know you be able to sit in the corner or the corner of a park where you're not going to start like getting upset with each other as easily as you might at home because there's people, right? And it helps you to maintain that level ground. Um, but talking about saying, Kate, we want to talk about like, what do we each want from our marriage? From our marriage? Like, what is our, what does our ideal marriage look like? And getting on the same page about that or saying, okay, you want that and I want this. How are we going to work on both of those things together? And knowing what you have to do to get there. So I think about like, you set this goal of where you want to be 10 years from now in your life. You know, I want to be doing this in my career and I want to be doing this. And we do that all the time. And then you break it down into those smaller goals. So it's it's similar to that. And I think that's powerful because it gets you both um, in that mindset where your spouse is not like, what in the world is going on with my spouse? They know like, oh, they're trying to do this. And um, they're going to be intentionally thinking about that instead of just like what in the world is happening. Um, but then it also gets you in that united front. And I think one of the powerful things about being together in your purpose on like, what do we want to do with our marriage? Like, what do we want our family to look like? What do we want to be like as parents that that can help you remember that in those times when it's tough and you both have different ideas of what you're going to be doing, you can remember the end goal is the same So even though you might have different ideas of how to get there, you're both shooting for the same target. You both, and you can try both things or you can work together to find a way to make that happen together. And I think that's powerful too for having that same purpose. Yeah, we talk often about how you're on the same team. You know, a lot of times husbands and wives are looking at each other and pointing fingers and you're wrong, I'm right, but you know, whatever that looks like. And it's like, no, it's not about who's right or wrong it's you're on the same team. And like you said, if having that clear vision of what you want your marriage and your family to look like, then, you know, okay, the, I mean, it's really helps Tanner and me to avoid arguments Yes, because we're like, okay, we're clear about where we're going and what we want to do. So we don't really need to argue about this right now. It seems very, you know, inconsequential, consequential. And so it's like, yeah, let's just, you know, move on and actually find the path that's going to get us to the outcome. So um, another great way to avoid arguments for for people who might be dealing with that too. Um, So you're a fan of the five love languages, which we are too. Love that book. Love just the the concept and the study. And I love that there's now, you know, love languages for kids and 
just so, so helpful. Um, but you know, you mentioned that you believe quality time really helps to build a healthy relationship. And that is one of the five love languages. Um, how do you, how do you help couples create that quality time? Like, what does that look like for, because I think we, again, we can kind of get into the business side of what family marriage yeah. look like. So how do you make it quality, like real quality time? So I have three things that I tell couples, three suggestions. So the first one is to have a daily connecting ritual. This is like one of my favorite things and it doesn't have to be, that sounds big and it doesn't have to be big. I've had people tell me that, um, I kind of ask people at the end of 2020, what has been the way you connect in 2020? Because 2020 was so different for everyone. Right. And I had people yeah. tell me, oh, we would climb into the shower together at the end of the day, just like washed off the day. And sometimes it would turn into something else. And sometimes it was just like sit and chat and unwind from the day. You know what I mean? And that was their daily ritual. And they looked forward to it after the kids went to bed. Other people said we'd grab a popsicle from the freezer and jump into bed to stay warm because it was like middle of winter and they were still doing this because they started it in the summer. And we just sit and talk while we eat our popsicles until they're gone. And um, so it's having something that's like 10 to 20 minute thing that you can do every single day. And it doesn't have to be the same every single day. So one day you might sit outside in the backyard and that's one of our favorite it was just sit on the deck and watch the sunset because we can see the sunset right from our backyard or um it could be go on a walk around the neighborhood with the dog you know the dog needs to be walked we're going to do a 20 to 30 minute walk with the dog kids stay home if your kids are old enough when we take the dog on a walk we talk um it could be maybe you like puzzling together and so you just start working on a puzzle together every night something i like is that it, it has like that talking piece but then it also has something that like keeps you not distracted i don't know what the right word is they they talk about how like walking and talking is powerful because you're not just like focused on each other and you're able to just like let stuff flow yeah. and, and you might movement creates creativity right yes so, exactly yeah yeah. So it might be shooting hoops in the backyard if you guys like to do that together. It could be, you know, it could be pulling weeds in the yard if that's something. Or it could even just be something like every night the kids do their homework and we wash the dishes together after dinner. It doesn't have to be like a super fun thing, but it can be enjoyable because you do it together. You know, like right. we're going to listen to a podcast while we do the dishes and then we're going to talk about that podcast together. Or we're going to listen to music and sit and do the dishes and talk together. It can just be something simple. So it's having that connecting ritual that you can do that I think makes a big difference to begin with and gives you that thing that you can do um, together for that quality time. And it's very simple, um, but it gives you the opportunity to talk. Yeah. And then the second thing I tell people is to find a hobby that they can share. Um, so you don't have to share all of your hobbies with your spouse. You can go, um, be on a soccer team <laughs> and your spouse can stay home with the kid and not have any interest in soccer. You know, you maybe show up every once in a while to support you and watch it, but that's totally fine. But find something that you can do with your spouse. The one thing I've seen a lot of people are doing pickleball right now. Pickleball yeah. is like the big end thing. I don't know. It is. Um, yeah. Other people love to cook together in the kitchen. Other people, um, both love to run and so they'll train for a marathon together or something like that and so having a hobby that the two of you share that you can work on regularly and it might be weekly you go dancing together and take a dance class or 
Um, it might be monthly, you plan a hike or I don't know, whatever that looks like. Um, having some shared hobby, at least one shared hobby to participate in and enjoy doing together. And then the yeah. third is date night. Date night, it's like my big thing. It doesn't have to be out on the town. It can be at home. Um, but I tell people, yeah, have them like at least regular, at least weekly. So it's a regular thing. And then find those moments during the week when you can turn something into a date. You know what I mean? Like we've got to go drive to whatever. Okay, turn on the music and rock out together in the car and pick up your favorite treat while you're going to that location and running an errand and just making that, making those moments into an opportunity to date each other, um, date as a group. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I wanted to point out in your, um, in the first tip of having that daily connecting ritual mm -hmm. and you brought up, um, doing a puzzle together. So we, um, we, we meet with a, a regular therapist as well. They, you know, she's helped us with blended family issues and, and, you know, just various things. We do EMDR therapy and whatnot. So, um, so she said it would be great if we could get, um, uh, a puzzle and do that together. Cause she's like, I would be very interested to see how you each put the puzzle together mm -hmm. and what, what kind of triggered as you brought it up and, um, and what Tanner and I have noticed is that we do things differently. Again, we have the end result, right? We want to mm -hmm. put the puzzle together or what our family goals are and our outcomes, right? So we have these end results, these, these goals that we're working towards the outcomes. Um, but we go about things differently. And I think what's really important out of that for the, you know, the husbands and wives listening is that it's okay to do it differently from your spouse. Yes. A lot of times like that creates the fight or, yes. you know, the, the tension. It's like, well, why'd you do it this way? It's supposed to be done this way. You know, it's like, it's actually okay if you did it a little differently. I mean, Tanner and I are the same way with who, how we load the dishwasher or how we put the toilet paper roll in. Like we both do it differently and it doesn't matter because the end result is we have toilet paper and our dishes are clean, right? So to not necessarily pick at your spouse because they're doing it differently or putting a puzzle together differently, right? Like just embrace each other's differences as just another way um, of doing something. So I thought that was just, you know, something that just kind of came to mind that I think is, is helpful because again, couples tend to fight over these like things that really don't need to be the fight. Um, and it's really coming just, you know, from, from the stresses that are going on. So get clear on, on where you're going. And, you know, you, so you, you, you mentioned some of these things about date night. So I just want to reiterate too, like on your website or prioritize marriage, there's all date night resources. There's like all different things that people can do, ways to start conversation. So I think that's um, just so important. Um, what would you say um, from, from your clients? Like what are some of their uh, like favorite ones? Like what are, or maybe your favorite ones? Like the, the top ones that seem to just work really well. Really well. Um, right now, I think, well, we're all starting to venture out right now. So over the last year, it's been fun because a lot of people have really embraced at-home date nights more. And that's been something I have always, always, always loved and pushed because I would get people that would say, well, we haven't, and I was like, what do you, like, can't you take like a Saturday and do something together at home? You know what I mean? Um, 
And they're like, oh, I don't really consider that a date. Um, and so for me, date night is anything you do um, that is intentional time set aside for your marriage, kind of how I define date night. And so um, for us, I don't know. My husband, this weekend, we're going to go see a mat night movie and go to lunch, like kind of a mid-afternoon lunch. And we love doing that. I don't know. It's like, especially when it's so hot in the middle of the day right now, we're like 100 degree temperatures. It's so fun. And it's just something so simple. Um, and we get to do that earlier in the day before we're like worn out from every done from the day. Um, I love doing things like progressive dinners where sometimes you have a hard time picking where you're going to go to eat. So you can pick four different places, you know, go one place for drinks and one place for appetizers and one place for your main course and one place for your dinner or your a dessert. Little, a little crawl. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen people do that like with takeout. So they'll go get all these different things and take it home and do their date night at home. I've seen people do it with like the drive through and they'll hit all these different drive throughs and then have a picnic in the back of their car. Um, and I've seen people just do it like with a regular restaurant. So they sit down at every restaurant and it takes a while and it becomes like an event. And that's one of my favorite things. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. I don't know. I love like um, one of the things we started doing this last year are taste off. So we have like a company locally that does these at-home taste offs and they put together these kits you can use um, for a taste off um, and they gather like the best of the state's chocolate chip cookies or the best of the state um, salsas or something like that. And so I think that one's fun to do. Like either you go to the grocery store and you pick like all the different brands of root beer that are there and you try to decide like which one's the best or and you go and find like, I've seen people do it with like um, burgers or French fries and they hit up like a few different drive-ins or a few different like sit down you know, and they bring it all home and they taste them all, which one's the best, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think that's fun because it gives you something new to try together. And that's true. And that's fun for the fun. kids too, Yeah. Right? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, it doesn't have to just be for, for the couple. I think it can be for something for kids. I mean, we're always trying to find ways to just have fun with kids, help them also find you know, healthy meal options. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like burgers and fries, but just, you know, yeah. just finding ways to incorporate healthy eating um, with different ways that, you know, restaurants cook stuff. And what I, yeah, I think that's actually a really fun thing. It's given me ideas now too, what we can do with, you know, as a family. And we love just like those, I think like the seasonal events are like great. Like right now you've got free concerts in the park or you can go do paid concerts in, you know what I mean? My parents yeah. went to one at a ski resort last weekend, sit on the scale and watch the concert or um, you know, in the fall, you've got like your harvest festivals and Christmas time, you can go see all the Christmas lights. And so I think like taking advantage of those things that come around once a year and finding a way to eat them a little bit. Actually. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, one other thing to kind of add to that is, you know, you also mentioned about traditions. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that um, Tanner and I went through in, in, in like a pre-marriage or like a marriage prep class that we, we, we actually, we did it as a weekend um, before we got married is that we talked about the traditions of our family of origin and what we wanted to bring into our family together, or maybe some that we just wanted to let go of. Like this is really big in my house and I'm like, I have no desire to bring this into my, you know, into our current family. Um, and I thought that was a really great exercise and you talk about traditions, but some of the things that I've found in our, our coaching couples is those traditions start to create fights. 
mm-hmm. and it creates, you know, some tension and, and some battle. So how do you help your couples that you work with um, kind of work through finding the traditions that can work for them as a family without it really creating such tension? So something I learned about traditions is that an important key for tradition is it's not just fun and something to do every single year, that it has a purpose for your family or your parents. Um, and traditions, like the things that you do in your marriage, they're going to change with the different stages you're in. There might be some traditions that last your whole entire life and they fit your whole entire life. And so I would say when you start to fight about all traditions, sit down and really look at it and say, what is our purpose with this tradition? Why do we do it? Like, what do we like about it? What do we not like about it? And oftentimes you find that someone is just really tied to that tradition and they feel like they can't let it go. But when it comes down to it, they're like, well, I don't really like doing it either, but I feel, you know what I mean? And those traditions often have like an emotional piece to them. And we see that with like when couples are getting married and trying to split their time with family at the holidays, and they have specific traditions they're trying to hit. You just can't realistically do that, plus do all the stuff with the other family, plus do all the stuff for your family. And um, so it's really hard and you have to be willing to compromise and do what works for your family now and maybe set a tradition aside if it does work or set a tradition aside because it's not working anymore and just have that memory of that tradition. That, like that was really fun. We loved when we do that. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. maybe pull it out every once in a while, but we just, it, we just can't realistically do that anymore. Or, you know, it's, it's hard because traditions have such an emotional side to them and the thing that holds families together often. And so it can't. Yeah. One, one of the things that I've, I've recognized with um, just some of the things that we're incorporating into our family is, you know, Tanner will ask me like, well, you know, what he does that very question, like, well, why, why is this important or why do you want to do it? And, and usually there's a lot of emotion involved with mm-hmm. it, but, um, there's, there's some level of, um, just foundational that I think is important for family, um, that he is like, okay, now I can get on board with that, you know, and then he yeah. can support me. So I think it's important as, you know, you know, as parents are listening to this, um, or, you know, or whether you have kids or not, but, um, you know, really think about, yeah, like you say, what's the purpose? Like, is there some real good foundational reason to keep it and and also to recognize that like hey maybe not um i'm just still really emotionally attached to it and maybe find like a compromise like hey can we do this one more year so mm-hmm. that i can kind of work through letting it go and or you know finding a way to simplify it too or sim right yeah yeah you know again this is how you kind of work to meet in the middle yeah. of you know what's going on because you are two people who have lived two separate lives for a very long time and now trying to blend together. So, you know, give yourself grace in, in figuring out what that looks like. So, uh, I mean, Amberly, this has been so wonderful and just such an important topic because, again, I, I, I think parents really need to know that they're taking care of themselves as a couple before anything um, so that they're also setting that example for their children. And so this, this really is what helps to change the trajectory of, of families and family life and the future of our communities. So I'm so glad that you're out here talking about this. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate everything that you've shared with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Family OS Podcast. 
We have a special gift that we'd love to give you. Text us the word POD, P-O-D, to 720-459-4219, and we'll text you back. Until next time. 